You are listening to the Remotepreneurs Podcast. Here, you'll learn how to adapt to a new future of doing business remotely by listening to interviews with the new breed of entrepreneurs called Remotepreneurs. Now, welcome your host, a remotepreneur that came from the factories to building multiple location independent incomes all remotely, Philip Ville Stankowski. Hello, Remotepreneurs. I have a special guest that I'm honored that he's here with us. Uh, he created amazing stuff. He he done a completely turn around his life. And today we are going to discuss a topic that I'm currently consider a business model that I'm currently considered to build. And I was referred by Leah Martin, the founder of uh, Time Doctor. He said he's the best in the world. And when I actually saw the stats and what he's doing, Definitely, he's the guy if you want to build a BPO. BPO is a business process outsourcing, and his company, Design Pickle, is the world's most successful flat rate graphic design services. And actually, with his warrior leadership, Russ managed to go from two people to 330 plus and growing. And he has a $10 million annual recurring revenue. That's really important. And this year, 2019, he was his company was ranked 345th on Inc. 5000. And everything of this was basically built within less than five years. So that's amazing results that Russ managed to, to do. And additionally, he's the author of Sober Entrepreneur, a really interesting book that I read and had a major impact because I'm from Eastern Europe. It talks the... The actual effects of alcohol or any kind of addiction for you to grow as a man and to build a business and to build a good life. You should definitely get that book. He also has a mentoring and coaching business that teaches creative entrepreneurs how to level up their life, how to build a business, how to be better parents, father, and definitely... Russ Perry is the guy that you should follow. And along with his wife, Mika, Mika Perry, they they co-host the podcast Good to Be Home. Really good uh, and valuable podcast that I personally, it's in my favorites and I listen to it. So definitely, guys, you should follow Russ Perry, also Mika Perry, and listen to the podcast. And I think we are going to have an amazing uh, interview with a lot of value. Most of the things that I would like to discuss with uh, Russ, how he managed to build a BPO with so many people around the globe, 330 people, and how he managed to do everything. I mean, that that's amazing results. Russ, thank you for devoting the time. I can imagine how much is your to-do list and, and what, what's going on. Well, thanks for that. That was a solid intro, man. You covered it all. Um... I don't know if I'll have enough time for me to teach you everything, but we can at least get started on the basics. Yeah, let's uh, do the basics. So, how did you um, manage, uh, how did you start with the BPO? How did you get the idea for Design Pickle? Yeah, I mean, you know, BPO is an interesting term because I don't hear it much except from my team members. And and it's it's like a weird concept for me because when I think of the BPO, I think of a company that's very different than mine with like a call center and people jam packed into cubicles and that's not at all what we do, but you're right. We are one, you know, business process outsourcing, taking a part of your business and deciding that, Hey, this isn't working the way I want to do it. I'm going to have someone else help me with it. And 
like most entrepreneurs, I believe my business started because I had the problem first. And the story goes, uh, abbreviated story, because I know we only have a limited amount of time today, is I had an agency unsuccessful as an agency owner. I did branding, I did creativity, I did design. So trying to trying to bring that in. I guess you can consider an agency kind of like a BPO in a way, like you're outsourcing your creativity. So when I closed that, you know, I'm, I'm almost 30 at the time. I don't want to go back to school. I don't, I don't want to get a job. So I do what any unemployed entrepreneur does, and that's become a consultant. So I went out and I uh, wrangled up some clients, actually had some really amazing clients during this time. And I was faced immediately with the challenge that most of our clients today have, where was how can I get reliable, good quality, and affordable graphic design help? I didn't want to build another agency. I didn't want to hire people full-time. I was having a lot of challenges on the marketplaces, trying to find people. You know, I don't really care where people work. I mean, this is a global economy. If they live in Europe or Asia or South America, it doesn't matter to me, but it was like, I was spending so much time sorting through people, trying to find people. Sometimes they would work, sometimes they didn't. And I decided, you know what, like, I just got to get a little team together and stabilize this design piece. It was one of my consulting um, jobs was to design things for people. And I, I frankly sucked at design because I hadn't done it in a decade. So, you know, the story goes, I, I, I found two people. They happened to be from the Philippines. It was not intended. Like I wasn't setting out to just find a, a remote team and build it. It just happened that that's where they were. They were really great people. Um, one of them still with us today. So like our very first designer ever is still on our team working with us. And it was really two to three months of just kind of figuring things out, solving my own problem with getting graphic design help. And I always say the critical day that changed my life was when a client came to me and they said, Russ, I'm so thankful for these business cards you designed for me. And I had no idea what they were talking about. And the reason this was important is because I had set up a little system for my clients to request designs without me being involved. And it started to work really well. And so when this client came to me happy with, with the job done, and I, and I didn't touch anything, like I didn't see it, I didn't know about it. It was one of those moments where you like pretend you know what you're talking about. You're like, oh yeah, but <laughs> uh, totally, you're welcome. <laughs> and and that, that was the aha moment. And I had uh, consumed a couple books, a really great, easy book to read, A Seven Day Startup by Dan Norris. He's one of the co-founders of WP Curve. Uh, they were a flat rate WordPress company that um, later sold to GoDaddy, him and his partner, Alex McCaffrey. And, and so I read that book. I had this little success. And then in 2015, I decided, you know, hey, I'm going to make a run for this. I'm going to try to brand this company. I'm going to try to make it its own thing. I'm going to stop consulting, um, which it didn't, I didn't do that immediately. I still had to do that for about another six months. But eventually in 2015, I went full pickle, as they say. And, <laughs> you know, here we are today, wow, five years, wow, almost wow. five years later. Wow, I mean, what you've done in five years from from the initial start, it's it's definitely big. I, I'm in, I'm a little bit in your position at the moment. I started a podcast, Remote Preneurs, just talking with remote entrepreneurs, talking about outsourcing, how they manage, how how they outsource, etc. So I thought that the best way to do marketing is 
podcasting but when i actually started podcasting you know the post-production and everything that you need to do just to make the actual show i mean it's sick i just i was like oh my god this is so 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 bad i honestly wanted to quit but then i asked like if i hate it so much then maybe somebody else that runs a podcast would would likely pay me to do that so that's right. that's where i am and i think if they're your if anyone is thinking about starting another business or their first business or creating creating a business around anything here's 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 something that's never going to go out of style is business systems and building your business around a functional part of a business. You can launch stuff on Kickstarter. You can create cool products. You can create the next best Amazon gizmo or gadget or whatever. Over time, those are going to fade. They're going to get replicated. You know, you're going to hit a market saturation. And don't get me wrong. Those can be really big businesses, just not my style. But if you build a business around making business more successful, whatever you do, whether it's podcasting, graphic design, accounting, copywriting, whatever, then, then you're going to be in a, in a position to have a long career until, you know, maybe something else comes, you know, VR podcasting comes around and now we're doing this in a virtual reality environment. Well, no, it's just an evolution, right? It's yeah. not, the, it's not like eliminating it. So I think it's a smart move and the cost to entry is so low when you think about um, building an international team, how many businesses out there need help. Like, you don't like my wife actually, you know, kind of secret a little bit. We will share here is she's working on some physical products. Like she wants to do her own product line for travel and home organization. Uh, she's tired of making 11 cents on affiliate commissions, recommending other people's products. So she's going to go make her own and actually make like, ten dollars for for sale um but you know manufacturing costs shipping like all like dyes and molds and there's a huge dollar amount that she has to invest when you're dealing with services you just need people ready and willing to work and then those first couple deals and you can get started right away so, so what would you tell me for the beginning to start? I do have a couple of clients, but actually I did service them. So I'm just trying to build a system and process how to, you know, pot, post-production, audiograms for promotion, etc. And I actually earned money. But the, the point is, how, how, how would you advise me to, to continue as a startup, as initially from zero? So just you or anyone, here's what I would say is first you have to have solved this problem really well for yourself. So if you're still clinking around, trying to figure out how it works, does it work, does it not, then you're not ready to sell this to the market. And that is something that I'm very adamant. And it's something that accidentally happened to me. So again, back to the business card moment, that was my validation that I had a system that was running well without me. This also was the key thing in starting a business is that I never did the design ever. I was not editing. I was not designing. I was not doing anything. I always had my team doing it. So you have to have a system that runs and it has to run without you. If you have that ready and that's working, maybe it's for your own business or for a couple of friends or clients, then it's about how do I offer this to the market? And you're going to, you know, I'm a biased person when it comes to marketing because I have a creative branding background. So my ideas are going to be along those lines. 
So the two things that I believe are instrumental in creative, um, in terms of launching this to the market is you have to be creative in your branding. What is the name? What is the, what is the, the hook that gets people? And you have to be created, creative in your offer. It has to be disruptive. It has to be something that it's going to catch people. So while it's not as new anymore, there's still a lot of people who resonate well with it. The flat rate service model, one price per month, and you can use it as much as you need. That is very disruptive. It's very creative, especially when it comes to services. So you could do that in legal. You can do that in editing. You can do that in podcast production. Um, there's a lot that you need to know in terms of mitigating risk of how long things take, how much you should charge, all of that. But if you can enter the market with a strong creative brand and a really compelling offer and reason for people to buy, those first clients are going to just fall right in your lap and it's not going to be a challenge. Won't always be easy, but you'll be able to launch in a pretty solid way. So, so, so basically, I should actually build a system that is going to produce uh, all the results without me. That that's really good. I need to yeah, man. get off the. You're hook. you're the visionary. Like I'm the visionary. I'm the marketer. I'm the strategist. My best job at Design Pickle is not doing the thing Design Pickle sells. My best job at Design Pickle is running the machine that creates the things that Design Pickle sells. And this is where most startup entrepreneurs get mixed up is they think, well, I got to do it. I can't afford somebody da, 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 da. And, and it's completely wrong. And that's why they stay stuck is because they're so busy in doing the work. They never actually break free from that to work on the business, not in the business. So from day one, I was committed to not working in the business. Now, have there been moments where I got to open up Illustrator or do this and do this? And, you know, dude, I, I take out the trash from time to time yeah. and I have, you know, 40 people that work for me in the offices. So like everyone does whatever it takes, but, it, but the business model has to be clear that, look, if I can't afford a team to do the work, I don't actually have a business. I'm just a consultant. Yeah. You, you just have a job. You just have a job and it could be, paid for by contracts, it can paid for by a salary, employer, whatever. But the business is a system that's outside of you that's doing the work that you're marketing and selling. Wow, that, that, that's a nice, nice tip. I mean, I have, I'm just curious, how do you produce um, expected results with your clients? Because with graphic design, it's really hard because it's creative, it's not solid, it's not like totally define what they should expect. So how do you produce same results with 330 employees? How, do, how don't you go crazy? I, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> get it. Well, I think I've been pretty close to crazy from time to time. So there's been some close calls. <laughs> you, you know, honestly, this is our biggest challenge. Like my buddies who run pure software companies, I'm always so jealous of them. And in, at times, because like you, you, you sign up for the software and the software just works and if it doesn't if it doesn't work it's called a bug and you fix the bug and then it works again um with us we're dealing with emotions we're dealing with designer emotions we're dealing with client emotions we're dealing with vision and ideas in this abstract world so how do we solve it first of all is really great recruiting so we make sure that we hire people that are on board with our core values friendly smart working truth and service so those four core values are our guide, our guide rails along the road of design pickle. 
this eliminates a lot of problems because we can always leverage them in, in, in the people side. From there, we, you know, specific to creativity, we make sure that our request process is, is like we're focusing on how do we collect the best amount of information for our, from our clients so that they can set their designer up for success with the request. So we have a, a, a head of customer experience. We have a big customer success team. We have a lot of bodies dedicated to this job of making sure the clients can communicate and get the experience that they're dedicated or that they're expecting. And then, you know, just, just like with any business, not just design, the best way to produce a predictable outcome is re documented, repeatable training. Like there is, there is a, uh, we use a company um, that I'm, a, I'm friends with the CEO. I'm also an investor called Trainual. Mm -hmm. Trainual is a documentation process to create the, 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 the manual for your business. So we have trainuals for every single role and having clear documentation for the designer, for their managers, for, for my role, for everything allows us to narrow in the, the variance of results. So we might still get some varied results, but it's within a smaller window of tolerance and acceptance. And that, and you know, that again, hiring, training, um, all of the things that make sure that you know technology and the experience that creates that circle to, to be a lot smaller, so the experience is a lot tighter. Okay, okay. So, so, so you, basically, you need to build a system that is uh, McDonald's stupid, as they say. Like that's yeah, how the know, fries, how, how the burgers. Right, are and it. have you if you've read uh, the E Myth, the E Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber? It's a classic entrepreneurial book and he uses fast food franchising as the ultimate example not to say that everyone wants to franchise their business but here's what he says which is it's kind of funny he's like think about it there are hamburger places around the world right now run by teenagers with no business experience producing the exact same result every single hour of the day amazing the reason is because of documentation clear rules training core values and he talks a lot about that so if anyone's listening to the book or to his podcast and wants us that was one of the most fundamental books i read the e-myth revisited by michael gerber he spends you know 200 plus pages on this topic and just like you said hits the nail on the head Definitely, that's a book. It's I'm waiting to arrive because it's a little bit hard for United States to arrive. I need like four weeks, but I'll get it. <laughs> Maybe definitely. you can order like from Germany. Maybe they have an English uh, version from Amazon Germany. Yeah, something. there is a UK uh, store book depository, free shipping, but still three four weeks. But definitely it. worth it. I got your book from Kindle, so it's oh, I wanted to read go. it quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that's really, really valuable. So you mentioned that you have 330 employees and people are one of the biggest elements to build a system, well-oiled machine that works. How, did, how do you recruit? So recruiting is important, and, but it starts with having a great place to work. Mm -hmm. So if you're not paying your people a proper amount, if you don't care about them, you're not training in them, then you're going to have a revolving door of people and it's going to be very hard to keep people let alone invite more people into your business also you have to have a vision for what you're building no one's going to want to stay with you for a long time if they don't see what the vision is for the business for their and how they fit into that vision 
we've had a couple core people leave our business um, amicably. Mm -hmm. And always when we lose people that, you know, again, on good terms, if it's, you know, we lost a few on bad terms and that's just a different conversation. But if we lose them on good terms, it's because their vision for themselves has grown larger than our vision for them. And as an employee, uh, as an employer, this is something you have to remember to keep good people is you must make sure that you see them and the vision that you have for them and the opportunity that they have is larger inside of your organization than if they go out and go off on their own. And look, I'm not one to uh, criticize people who decide to take the leap and start their own business or leave or go to other opportunities. Like that'd be super hypocritical for me. But I know when people do leave on good terms, I've, I've failed in terms of creating a clear vision for themselves. So that is what you have to do. Um, and then with the recruiting standpoint, it's from your core team that you find and you get to believe in what you're doing. And then you deliver on that promise to them. Maybe it's the three-month goal or the six-month goal or the 12-month goal. We're going to go here. And then you get there. Hey, guys, remember when we said we were going to get here? We got here. Now we're going to go here. And you set the next target. So then these people become very passionate, loyal folks, your initial hires. And then they can go out and they can recruit others. So all of our initial hiring up to probably 150 plus people, maybe even close to 200, was come work at Design Pickle. Design Pickle is the best place to work, the best environment, the best teams, the best culture. Now, today, we, you know, we have recruiting teams, we have training teams, we have you know, advertising campaigns, we do a lot of outbound efforts to recruit, but the same principle applies. We want to bring people into our organization and then give them a great place to work, a world-class experience, a great compensation plan, and that, that keeps them and allows them to refer more of their friends and family. Wow. And that's for everybody. That's, that's the U S team. That's our international teams. Like that's, that's the same strategy across the board. Uh, when you hire, I, I think I saw your post, you had like a Mexican team or something like that. 30 new hires. Uh, do you have like an office in, in Mexico or they're like home base? How does that work for you? Everyone except for the people in Scottsdale work from home. Okay. So we're in six countries now. Uh, we are in Colombia, in Indonesia, Philippines, Mexico, Argentina, United States, and we're growing. We'll probably be in 10 more countries next year. Wow. And this is one of those life work balance items is that we allow, unless you're here in Scottsdale, um, which usually are people at a, at a different role so that we need to be collaborating together. Everyone can work from home. Got it. Uh, definitely put Macedonia on the list because you have good people that are valuable and affordable. Awesome. awesome. Okay. I'll we'll have to take a look at it. We, yeah, we're you, looking you for your, a European a European market to help uh, plug the hole of that time zone. Yeah, because uh, Macedonia is becoming like outsourcing for software developers. And also mm. we do have a graphic design. So definitely you should take a look there. I'll make a note. Thanks for the tip. Yeah, no, no worries. So how do you manage the 330 people how do you uh, build the vision and remotely it's different when you have people face to face it's different when you i don't know do you do it with a zoom call what, what's the strategy here yeah so yeah so from day one our business was entirely built on cloud technology zoom slack 
Um, all, you know, everything we use, you can access from anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. It's the very nature of our business. I wanted to be able to travel anywhere in the world. I spent the summer in, in London living there and I ran the business just fine, uh, aside from some odd times for a few meetings here and there. But how do you communicate that is you've got to communicate it every day, if not every week. So we are incessantly talking about our vision. Our vision is to change lives through creativity. Our purpose statement, otherwise known as a mission statement, is to be the most helpful creative company in the world. And our core values, friendly, smart, working, truth, and service. I talk about those all the time. Every day I'm talking about it. We're bringing up, we're reviewing them, we're giving examples. So then those were created by me. I didn't have a committee. I didn't hire consultants. I didn't go through this laborious process. I just sat down one day and said, what is the company that I want to create? And what are the guiding statements and principles that we are going to use? And a couple of coffees later, that, that was that. And every time we get together as a company, we talk about it. Every time we get together in person, we talk about it. On Zoom, we talk about it. Like it's never ending. And it's just to reinforce, reinforce, reinforce. And these are also um, items that we use for recruiting, they're items we use for management. Like I'm in a, a personnel situation right now where we're going to probably have to let someone go and uh, a contractor. And it's, and it's not because they aren't good at their skill. It's because they're not in alignment with our core values and they're kind of unwilling to, to meet halfway. So, you know, unfortunately, as good as they might be in their craft, that's not going to work for us in the long term. If you're not, if, if, if you are not on a daily basis reviewing these to some capacity, your vision, your, your purpose statement, your values, how do you expect the rest of your team to know what they are or to, to run by them? Yeah, and that's something that I, I have to be the example number one, and then I push that out to my teams. Yeah. I mean, even if you start changing the values or the vision, like every six months, people are going to like, like, where are we heading? So you just enforce the same message, same message. Right. Uh, and we've, we've tweaked ours over years. Like, for example, our purpose statement, um, which, again, we used to call it our mission statement, was to be the most helpful graphic design company in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, then we started doing a little bit more than graphic design. So we just tweaked it to creative company in the world. That way we like have a, have a, a same, same intent just a little bit. So you can modify and tweak. The one thing you really don't want to mess with are your core values because that's like changing your company DNA. Yeah. And like weird stuff can happen if you just randomly change it. I could see us maybe adding one down the road, like a fifth value that becomes this new thing as we grow. But changing the core things that built the company, those, those need to remain set in stone, which is why it's easier to do this early on or when it's just yourself because you can test it for a while. And then if you need to change it, you're not really impacting much if it's just you or you and a couple contractors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I see a little bit, I visualize your meeting, how it goes, like you need to make a decision or just review somebody's work and you're just like, wait, what is our vision? What is our purpose? What is our value? Did you make a, your decision as an employee or a manager based on this value? Something like that, I assume. Right. All exactly. the time. All yep. the time. Yep. And employee reviews, you got it. You nailed it. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm also in a similar position. I'm the president this year for a Rotary Club, Rotaract, younger generation. And I'm building a people that are going voluntarily to devote time and money to do humanitarian work. So it's a little bit hard to organize because it's on voluntary. So I just build a value that you come voluntarily here and you want to help. 
but this is the system that we go so we don't waste time and we have better effects mm. or results exactly yeah yeah you can use this in any capacity i use it in my home sometimes so uh, we have a family kind of vision statement parries to the top which is more of a um like a like a symbolic statement that we're going to work hard we're going to try hard we're going to like pursue and push so you know you can bring this into um you know nonprofit organizations volunteer personal life or business but the same principles apply if you're not if it's not visible if it's not present you're not talking about it then how are people going to use it yeah and it, and, it, and it just will kind of fade into one of those corporate ideas yeah it's going to everybody's going to to forget do you organize some kind of i don't know like a summer camps or something with a remote team do you bring them together usually remote people the remote entrepreneurs that run hundreds of employees one time in the year they usually go philippines or thailand just like a i don't know like a corporate event do you do something like that Yeah, it's a work in progress, but for, throughout the years we've done that and we do it on a small level, we've done it on a large level. I I believe if you can't meet face to face, you can't really connect with someone. Yeah. And so we're willing to go wherever um, you know, I'll be traveling to all the countries next year, which is going to be crazy, uh visiting everywhere and seeing everybody and meeting them and, you know, talking about vision, talking about purpose, talking about values. Uh this year was our first year we went to mexico and we did that and it's exhausting it's fun uh it's also um a challenge but it's something that once we do that the team really rallies together and unifies themselves and it's a, again one of our competitive advantages because we invest so much in in that piece of the culture mhm i assume you also give some kind of perks for remote work etc just to to feel a little bit comfortable like co-working spaces stuff like that No, nope, we just pay them good and then they can do whatever they want with the money. So Yeah, okay. So so good salary or probably <laughs> plus bonuses yeah. and everything is taken care of. <laughs> good job. Uh other other small things, but yeah, it's because we're so diverse, you know? Like imagine us having 5,000 people, which is going to be where we are headed. Wow. It's hard it's hard to, you know, adding $10, $20, $30 times that number, it adds up. So we, instead we just say, look, we're going to give you an incredible work experience, we're going to give you an incredible work environment, we're going to give you a 2 to 3x above wage rate for what you're doing and let's get to work <laughs> not a lot of frou-frou no uh beer carts on friday or any of the other silly stuff that other companies might yeah, offer yeah yeah okay okay fair enough fair enough so what's the next milestone for design pickle well man there's so many things um i'm really excited for our next kind of big push with our product team. Uh we have two products. One is in beta and it's really going really well. It's it's adding a custom illustrator to your team. Mm-hmm. So right now Design Pickle is just production graphic designers, so they're really good at layout work, they're really good at, at kind of art art direction. Um but you know, you get into the custom illustration side of it and that's a different skill set. It's like an audio engineer versus a guitarist. Yeah. You know, they're they're both in music, but they're very different in terms of their skills. So we have a beta right now where you can add on a custom illustrator. So you actually have a design team of two. You have a graphic designer and an illustrator, and that's working really well. So that goes public in December 2019. So whenever people are listening to this, if it's if it's 2020 or beyond, you, you could you could add it now. Uh and then um on the on the tail coats of that, we're launching a proprietary stock illustration and template site. called fresh stock and that is going to be um it, it, at first exclusive to design pickle clients 
And then eventually we're going to sell that to the marketplace. So um, it's going to be very much more of like a boutique uh, site. It's not going to have, you know, 200 million assets of whatever you can download. Um, probably by the time we launch, we'll have close to 50,000 mm -hmm. assets. And it'll be also integrated where you can request custom work. So let's say you see something really cool that you like, but you want to customize it for yourself. It'll integrate into um, your designer. You can, you know, hire your illustrator to do it right, right there on the spot. So I'm super pumped for those two things. Uh, we're spending a lot of money on it. Part of a lot of my sleepless nights and stress is our, our cash invested in this. Um, so, you know, once those get live, that'll be a little bit lighter because we should have some new revenue streams. Coming. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Do you plan to do it like a flat monthly fee or something for this service as well? Yeah, illustrators are going to be uh, $4.99 a month. So um, you can get, you know, the same, same thing with Design Pickle, depending on how much you can get through and request and edits and all that just depends on your volume. And then the, the uh, fresh stock is going to launch at $50 a month, unlimited mm -hmm. downloads, um, royalty-free, attribution-free licensing. So uh, we want to make this like the best. And we're really focusing for fresh stock on diversity, uh, inclusiveness, um, making, making this not just your typical kind of clip art style of things that you'll find. Um, the work is just amazing work. And we have, again, our teams that will be able to be guided by art and creative directors. So it's always like fresh is in the name. It's always going to be fresh. Every week we're going to push out new stuff. So you'll, you'll always be kind of in the loop of what's trending, what's popular. And that to me is going to be one of our big competitive advantages uh, for, for the, these assets. Yeah, I mean, you definitely show that uh, your system process and leadership works. And I think you're going to smoke out the competition. <laughs> well, I really hope yeah. so. <laughs> we could do a part. We could do a part two interview next year and check in on yeah. all this, like in the summertime. <laughs> we can do it definitely. Tell me, uh, tell me the value of annual recurring revenue. I'm in sales like eight plus years, and pretty much I eat what I kill. Mm -hmm. Most of my work that I've done, it's not annual recurring, but it's just like sold, commission based, another sold, commission based. Uh, how does that look like from a person that actually has a $10 million plus annual recurring revenue? Well, what you can do goes, with everything, the stability right. so, I'm interested. So the reason design pickle, I mean, there's a lot of things that add up to why design pickles here today, but I was listening to a lot of startup podcasts before, before founding design pickle and over and over and over again, it was like recurring revenue, recurring revenue, recurring revenue. And, you know, back when I had my agency, I was exactly like you described. I was like, you know, one-off contracts. Here's what we make. I hope we're profitable. Sometimes we are. Sometimes we're not. If the project goes sideways and we have to put more hours in, we're going to lose money. And when I started, I was like, you know what? I don't want any of that headache. I want a large volume of clients paying a modest amount of money. We can just keep the best clients that value us the most. And I want to be able to just have the predictability of knowing what should come in next month and then backing out everything from there. And so by, by building a business that is built upon the subscription model or recurring revenue, you're effectively building in predictability, which allows you as a leader to hire, to recruit, to invest, whatever. Because you know that you can count with some margin of error of churn and cancellations that this amount of money is going to come in. I couldn't be in business today if it wasn't for that model. 
And it's why many creative companies fail is because there's no predictability. They just are hoping people come, that the people that do come don't stick around. Yeah. So they're always trying to get more market share. Like there's a couple marketplaces right now, I'm not gonna name any names, but there's one in particular that's super unprofitable that their, their lifetime value of a client is under $200 and the clients don't come back. So it's, it's like they don't, they're just a one-off stop for things. And so their only way to get more to grow is to get more market share because they're not keeping anything and they're not turning that into a long-term relationship. Now they're aware of this problem. I think any business, you know, if you're in that, if you're on that side of the fence, you're very clear on the challenges. So it's not like they don't know. And, and I talked to a hundred creative agency owners and they all wish they had recurring revenue. I just was lucky that I had a blank slate and I could build it from the beginning. So if that's the case for you, for any of the listeners, you have a, a, a blank slate, you have a job, you're willing to launch something, absolutely make sure that there's a recurring revenue component, even if it's only 20% of your revenue or 50% of your revenue, because that's going to give you the stability to make business decisions and to build and, and to grow. Yeah, and avoid the cash flow roller coaster. Oh, I'm rich, I'm rich. Oh, no, I'm going to fail. I'm going yeah. to bankrupt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just curious. I've been following you. I know that you are involved with the Warrior, Wake mm-hmm. Warrior Writing Program. Uh, how do you keep the stress and organize with 330 people and everything, your day, your family, your podcast? I mean, you're doing so much stuff. I don't know how you don't go crazy. Like, can you give us a little bit insights here? Yeah, I was actually just talking about this with my team yesterday uh, in, our, in our company call. So the main thing that, that matters the most for me is how do I manage my time and, like you mentioned, my stress of life. So um, one of the key principles of most personal development programs, not just Warrior, but anyone you study, is having a great like startup sequence to your day. Habits and things that you do every morning that are just that are just that just you don't have to think about that just get you going for the day. So for me, that's working out, that's meditating, that's having a green smoothie, that's journaling, that's doing some study, connecting with my loved ones. And I try to get all of that done before about eight o'clock in the morning. This morning, I didn't get my meditation done because I was dealing with something, some other issue before my workout. So I'll do that afterwards. I'll find some time to, for 20 minutes today. So that, that alone negates so much of your daily stress because by the time you get started with your day, you feel so positive. So if negativity or challenges or, 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 or things that come your way that are facing adversity, you, you do it from a much different mindset, almost like you're on the offense rather than being on the defense. Mm-hmm. Now, beyond that, then what I actually trained on yesterday in time management is I have a plan for my day, a concept called time blocking, which I didn't invent. Anyone can Google time blocking and get a lot of information on it. Uh, I have a, um, a strategy for my daily plan and my daily sheet. In fact, if people want to go to my website, rustperry.co, sign up for my list, whatever's on there, just put your email in somewhere. And uh, soon I'm going to be releasing publicly my daily planner sheet that I use every single day that guides my day. And I fill this out in the morning. It's just a printable, you know, maybe I'll make pads or something one day and sell them for 10 bucks online. But to me, to me, this is how I keep myself accountable is that I make sure that I'm clear on what my, my day looks like. Um, those are the things that I, I have the most control over. 
I can't control my 330 team members. I can't control the marketplace. I can't control the conversion funnels. I can influence them. I could, I could tinker with them, but ultimately I only can control me. So I just say, well, let's just set myself up for success every day. Let's set myself up for a good plan for every day. And if I only hit 80% of this or even 50% of it, that's still better than not having a plan or waking up, rolling out of bed and just letting the day punch you around every corner and wondering why you're so frustrated by the time you go to bed at night. Yeah. I mean, if you're just putting out fires, eventually you're burn out. Mm -hmm. So you need to plan it. The best way to per the best, the best way to put out a fire is to prevent the fire from happening in the first place. Exactly. Firefighters <laughs> spend more time pra practicing and preaching fire prevention than they actually do fighting fires. So it goes to show the real way to eliminate fires isn't to wait for the fire. It's to actually get out there on the offense and put in the systems, the processing, the training, the people to ensure the fires don't happen. How long in advance you're planning your day? Is it a weekly? Is it a daily? How does that work? I operate pretty much in a couple time horizons. I go one year out twice a year in the summer and in the in the in the January. I look one year out. Where do I want to be? Mm -hmm. um, usually, I'll go even a couple years out, but my list becomes very small. More than two or three years out, I don't really have much. Um, every 90 days, I go very specific in, in, in what do I want to be in 90 days. And, and then every month I'm reviewing, um, my monthly calendar, which is the week to week calendar. Every Sunday I'm reviewing my week ahead mm -hmm. and every day I'm customizing the day based off of what already is in place for that day, based off of my earlier commitments. So today is going to be a very heavy day of meetings and conversations. I have like five meetings before 11 o'clock. So that's just part of the plan. I'm not expecting to create much. Um, I'm going to dinner tonight with my mom and I'll go to bed and I'll just basically be talking all day. And I'm okay with that. Tomorrow, the next day over the weekend, I'm doing some travel and all of that is designed for creation. So I make sure that I have buckets designed for each sort of mode that I need to be in, whether I'm gonna be a leader, I'm gonna be a manager, I'm gonna be a doer, I'm gonna be a creator be the trash guy, whatever. <laughs> I make sure that I'm clear. When does that happen? So that I, if I am in meetings for four hours this morning, I'm, I'm accepting it. I'm not going to worry about what else is going on because that's, that's my mode right now. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, I know that you have a mentoring and coaching program for creative entrepreneurs. Can you shortly explain how it looks like? So maybe somebody would be interested yeah, so um, this has been quite a journey. It's been a two-year-long journey of actually stepping into that world of coaching and training. Um, we actually retired most of it this year. So um, right now, there's really only one more program that's scheduled, and that is a program that I do called Expand. It's a intensive, um, intense live experience, as well as a 90-day challenge of 10 entrepreneurs that launches in 2020. And if anyone's interested in that, they just go to rustperry.co. Uh, we don't do a lot of marketing. There's not a lot of push for it. Uh, we will fill it regardless. I already have three or four people on the waiting list. Um, it's designed for a major disruption in someone's life, um, whether they're just kind of stuck or bored or they're going through some, something traumatic. And we focus in on shifting them and guiding them through their own 90-day challenge as a small group. And I, and I coach that. 
Um, I, I had more going on in the past, but it was jeopardizing my role as a CEO for Design Pickle. So I had to make a decision on, on where I was going to focus my time. And, and so we, we basically shelled most of what we had built. And, you know, not to say we won't ever bring it off the shelf, but at this point, it's just um, really small experiences. Um, they're not cheap. They're very, very intense. And I like doing them. We get great results. And ultimately, it keeps me accountable for living at a high level of accountability. So like I said, we'll be uh, probably doing some announcements for it towards the end of December in, in 2019, and then our full uh, filling, filling up those seats right at the beginning of the new year, or Perfect. after the new year. I'm going to include a link to the show notes so people can register or apply to see if they qualify, if it's, a, if, if it's a good fit. Okay, so, well, thank you a lot for your time. I think you you provided so much value i'm going to listen to this couple of times and prepare <laughs> everything you bet and... man this is like a like a judo coaching session for you because you basically get you get the podcast content but you're also someone who's interested in the content so exactly. you, get, you, get, you get a win-win <laughs> yeah well, hey i really i really enjoyed it and again if anyone wants to see where i'm at i think the easy and free resource to learn more about what i'm doing is going to basically be go to the podcast good to be home podcast.com i talk about a lot of this with my with my wife and she she uh, is a lot more organized than me. And then if you, anyone's interested in what I'm doing on a personal level, russperry.co uh, is there. And if you need graphic design help, of course, designpickle.com. That's where yeah. everyone should stop by. Yeah, th th definitely. Guys, That if you're listening, you should definitely read The Sober Entrepreneur. It's a really good book. Uh, listen to the podcast. Uh, I see you as an example. I don't have family yet, but when I will have a family, I would like to function similar like you and Mika. Definitely, it's a, in a world with fake news, uh, fake values. Uh, we need more people like you giving us the true values that are forget forgotten that build the, the world that we are now. So I think you're living the, the, the values. I believe these are the warrior values and principles and definitely you have really really good family and really good example so i'll cool, try man. to, to follow a, your... i have to say uh, that's a huge compliment no one's ever mentioned it in that worldview context but i'm glad i can contribute and um i'd say the same for you you know doing sharing these stories creating content you know people need more just authenticity in general so i uh, right back at you on that yeah yeah well thank you uh wh where can people find you on instagram i believe you're the most active yeah instagram is uh i'm a bit i'm a bit in a dormant stage right now i kind of go come with love but just russ perry on instagram i'll always get to my messages eventually so if someone has a question they can ping me on that and uh, we can go from there yeah i reached out through instagram and you replied like fairly quickly and also you sh guys you can follow mika perry she also has a nice profile and she has a really yeah. nice pinterest by the way yeah mika perry is her handle yeah. Much, much more active than I am on Instagram, and uh, it shows in her engagement and her followers. Yeah, okay. Well, Russ, once again, thank you for, for the time. Thank you for providing the value. Uh, eventually, I'm going to join your mentorship program or coaching program. Maybe I cannot do it live, but some, some virtual training awesome. or something like that. And definitely, this is an epic episode. And once again, thank you for your time. I'm going to leave you now to create and to run, awesome. to run the company. And I appreciate everything. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, have a great rest of your day. And uh, thanks again. Yeah, thanks. Guys, uh, to check out the show notes at Remotepreneurs, 
on Instagram, all social media. The website is remotepreneurs.com. I'm going to send everything via email, direct message. So definitely this is something that you should listen, watch and learn from Russ and follow him on, on Instagram. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the podcast to be the first to hear new episodes. And if you feel that this episode provided you with value, we invite you to share this podcast with a friend that is trying to escape the matrix and create his or her own remote economy. Visit remotepreneurs.com and join the email list to receive this episode's show notes and a welcoming gift.